0: This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And get ready for a full hour version here on a Monday. Why? Way too many highlights from football against Rice. Great post-game comments from Alex Golish and Naim. The dream or. Naeem Hemmonds, whatever you want to call Naeem Simmons. He is now called the owner of the record for most receiving yards in a game in South Florida Bulls history. 272, you'll hear most of those catches, all the big ones and a lot of other big plays here in the first portion of the show. You know what guaranteed that we'd be going an hour with this one? The first five minutes of the second half on Sunday for women's soccer. It was a one o'clock game, so I don't know, maybe you're watching something called the NFL I didn't even notice that the Dolphins had scored 70 until after we were off the air. But scoring two was good enough for women's soccer to beat the number 21 team in the country, Gonzaga. Had a chance to talk to both goal scorers. You'll hear some highlights. And really, the interviews with Peyton Vinci and Corey Peace are tremendous, as is my chat with Denise Shelty brown So that'll be in our second segment. Also, we'll play the Spanish version of of the end of the first inning of Major League work for Orion Kirkring. That story is incredible. The Bulls closer from, you know, just back two seasons ago, so less than a year and a half, is not only in the majors, it happened so quickly, he pitched last night, and it was thrilling. If you follow me on social media, you've seen a bunch of retweets of some awesome videos, including, of course, his dad bawling but clapping, and it's amazing. we got to talk about that. Let's see what else happened over the weekend. Men's soccer loses to number three SMU on Friday night, but that game was one of the greatest games we've had in a while, just from an excitement and highlight angle. Unfortunately, the Bulls, A, were facing a goalie, Cole Johnson, who just made some amazing saves, and then B, when they did solve him twice in the last 20 minutes or so, thinking they had tied the game, they were ruled just offside. So... We'll have highlights of that as well. Volleyball got a big win over the weekend, even though they could not go 2-0 in Memphis. It was really encouraging, and we'll explain what's going on there as the team continues to be without some key players due to injury. But split a pair of matches with the preseason pick to win the East Division, that'd be Memphis. The Bulls, through granted just three matches, there are plenty more left to go, are tied for first place in their division. We also have golf, both men and women, ...are starting their events today. The conference basketball schedules are complete as far as the American goes. So we'll have details of that for you. Yeah, a lot to get to. So everything non-football coming up in segments two and three. And there was a lot of good. But football, speaking of a lot of good in this segment. We'll take you through the game. Remember, upon further review, my show with Jim Lauk airs for the first time around 5 o'clock each Monday. And we just lay out all the highlights in full it's a half-hour show. You're probably going to hear most of them here on this show. The difference is we'll set them up and sort of describe things as we go. If you were there at Raymond James Stadium, you know that the first half had some promise but also some disappointment. Certainly could have been worse for the Bulls, but ended up at the end about what it felt like it was, and that was the Bulls were losing to Rice, 14-13 to 13. now. This is a team that we told you had a very good quarterback, JT Daniels. Started off at Southern Cal, number one recruit in the country was good enough to go to Georgia last year at West Virginia. And we're not just telling you these things just to fill airtime. He was really good, and he had a tremendous horde of receivers led by Luke McCaffrey. Yeah, that would be Ed McCaffrey's son and Christian McCaffrey's brother, and he made some amazing catches, and the Bulls were having issues on defense, big issues, giving up a large number of passing yards in the first half before things turned around in the second. The thing we told you was time of possession. Rice does not run tempo. Well, they did at the end of the first half when they needed to, and that was kind of a pivotal moment, but Rice had the ball five times. The only time they punted was the very first time they had it, and the Bulls got a sack from Lloyd Summerall. First Bulls drive would end in a field goal, but... Most notably, featured some excellent work in the passing game. That's something that had been extremely inconsistent. You know, against Alabama, the Bulls threw for less than 100 yards. They were there pretty quick on this night. Some sharp stuff early on.
1: Brown to throw. To the 50, it's caught. It's Naeem Simmons, and he makes a nice move upfield. Gets to the 43 of Rice. That's a first down for South Florida. Naeem Simmons with his eighth reception. Here's Brown but a crossing pattern he's got Sean Atkins and Atkins gets to the 30 for another first down that's a 14 yard pickup as they mark it on the 29 third down and 17 from the 36 so you're looking 53 yard field goal right now the way the Bulls love to go for it on fourth down you got to think they're considering two down territory here get a chunk out of that 17 on this play if you can. Thrown to Atkins, he's got the catch, and he's got all 17 and more. First down, South Florida. Atkins with another crossing route right in the center of the field. Brown hit him on stride for 20.
0: Certainly some encouraging signs to the drive was a flip of what we'd seen in previous games for the Bulls. Byron Brown was perfect, six for six. For 54 yards, but the running game went backwards. And afterwards, Alex Golish would say that specifically in those red zone situations inside the 30, he's wanting to run the balls. Well, they gave it to Naquan Wright twice, gained two, but then lost three. Then for one of two times on this night, the Bulls actually were going for it on fourth down, but there was a penalty on the play, including a pivotal sequence in the third quarter on this sequence. well, specifically, Bull tackle Derek Bowman jumping offside for a false start and that led to the no-brainer decision to kick the field goal with John Cannon who's been really good. Boots it in from 31 yards so it was a nice drive for the Bulls but they had to settle for the three. Then Rice stays on the field essentially a third and three. They were able to run the ball up the middle and just get the first down. Then McCaffrey for 47 yards down to the Bull 12. There's some nice work by Manny Hickman the transfer defensive lineman from East Carolina had a couple of TFL's one on a nice pitch. Then as on third and two, Rice brought in its short yardage guy, another bull transfer defensive lineman would make the play, but on fourth down, Rice took the lead.
1: And here comes the big guy, and there goes the big guy. Alexander gets stopped right at the line of scrimmage. Remember, he needed two for the first down, and I don't think he got there. He got stood up there on a nice job. Looked like Doug Blue Eli led the charge. It's fourth and one at the three. No wide receivers. Everybody's in tight. Bulls digging in defensively. They're gonna throw to Alexander, he makes the catch and he gets the touchdown. So Alexander the running back is a decoy, but Alexander the receiver is not, and Rice is on the board.
0: I was up there in the press box, and well, as is the case for every game by the way, and we'll go ahead and give you some behind the scenes stuff, the opposing coaching staff is to our right, immediately to our right, and most, especially Alabama, Most teams like put up these signs, makeshift poster board, what have you, so that no one can see in there. Rice didn't care. I tell you what, in general, they were very, very friendly people. You even saw, you know, on the field—it's a physical game—but there was a lot of good stuff between the two sides. When anybody was injured, for example, Day Day Evans, thank goodness he would come back. But all the Rice players that were on the field clapped when he got up. That kind of thing was going on, and their coaching staff was like, "Yeah, you could look at our play calls if you want to. We weren't doing that." But I kind of looked over and gave it the throw sign. Like, yeah, you could tell they're going to throw. There's no way they're going to call a timeout on a fourth and one. But there were no receivers in the formation. I thought it was going to be one of the extra tight ends. And it turned out, as you just heard, Jim Lauk say to be the running back. So the Bulls were down. Interesting change to the formation at the start of the second drive. R.J. Perry was put at left tackle. And on the first play, Aquan Wright went right behind him and ran for seven yards. Then... Byron Brown does his thing on third and seven. Keeper Byron Brown, he's got room, he's got the
1: first down and more out near midfield into Rice territory and out of bounds at the Owls' 44-yard line. Big-time scramble and a designed run for Byron Brown, and the Bulls race it to the line of scrimmage after a
0: 28-yard gain. After which the Bulls got a free bump of five yards because they were too fast for the opponent. Too many men on the field. And the quarter ends with a seven-yard completion to Sean Atkins. But second quarter begins with two disappointing plays. The Bulls try and run Brown on third and three, but Rutgers is ready for it. And this time, instead of a fourth and three attempt, Alex Golish, with his team down seven to three, went for the points. And John Cannon does his thing again, a 40-yard field goal. Man would field goals be a story in the first half. The Bulls settling for them, but the defense also forcing them and Rice missing them but also the Owls taking up lots of time on their drives, beginning with 14 minutes to go in the quarter and ending with 7.15 left. 24 yards, Daniels to McCaffrey. A big-time easy completion on third and 14, which was notable because A.B. and Brown fell down and Day-Day Evans got hurt. You could tell immediately he grabbed the back of his neck. Fortunately, he would come back from that injury, but the Bulls are without him for a little bit. A great throw and catch on third and six, once again, extends the drive. But from the three-yard line, the Bulls were able to force back Rice. This was pretty critical to keep it a one-point Rice lead. And also critical for an incredible line from Sam Barrington.
1: First and goal at the three. Now we see an eye formation. Second man through is drilled. Tramel Logan like a freight train knocks down Alexander for a loss back to the seven yard line. That was immediate negative feedback from Trammell Logan. (laughs) Well, I need to know what this guy ate for breakfast because it's very obvious that he didn't have a soft piece of toast, right? He might've ate nails and gasoline for all I'm concerned because he is laying the wood today. Second and goal from the seven. Rolling to the right, under pressure, sacked way back at the 18-yard line. The Bulls come up with the sack, a huge tackle for loss from Jonathan Ross. 30-yard attempt from the near hash mark. Good snap, good hold. And he missed it, wide to the left.
0: I don't know if nails and gasoline would be very good, but whatever works, and it worked for that missed field goal, Then the Bulls give the ball right back with a 3-and-out. They had Jaden Alexis open deep. That would be a portent of things to come. At least the Bulls were trying to take those deep shots. But Rice, 21 yards for a pass on the first play. The Bulls do, even though Rice took over basically at midfield, force another field goal, which misses. So can the offense finally get it going? A holding call overturns a big pass to Sean Atkins. Basically, the Bulls lost 31 yards of field. They had gone up to the 43 yard line instead were at their own 12 when the big pass plays would start and the run game would finish the first touchdown drive.
1: Brown to throw, good pressure, throws it long, looking for Simmons, he's got it at the 50 and he's down to the right 35 yard line. Well, Byron Brown hit that one in stride, 53 yards to Simmons. Bulls with a first down at the Rice 35. Snapped in time. Powell fights through, tackles, gets into the open field. To the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, South Florida. K. K1 Powell, 26 yards. Bulls take the lead.
0: And that was incidentally on second and 19. Clearly the Bulls were just trying to get some of the yards back. They had lost... Nine yards on the previous play on a sack where there was a hold anyway. So either way, it was going to be a 10-yard roughly loss. And 13-7 to seven was the score. So Rice takes over with a minute 29 to go and scores with 18 seconds left. And by the way, it took 15 minutes of actual time. You had timeouts. You had an injury with Jalen Stokes. You had a replay where Rice was basically trying to salvage its last timeout because of a pass down to the two-yard line where they thought Luke McCaffrey went out of bounds before his knee touched. Instead, they had to use up their timeout when they used it wisely to take the lead at the break. Rice
1: up to the line of scrimmage, ready to go. Quick snap, looking to the end zone, the throw, caught, touchdown. It's the running back, Dean Connors. That's his 11th reception of the year. He's the guy out of the backfield they like to throw to.
0: Not heard before that. Another big conversion, not on third down this time, but on fourth down and four where Logan had Daniels not quite wrapped up but pretty much in his grasp and couldn't hang on to the burly quarterback. Also, Braxton Clark had a would-be pick. Would have been a great play. Got his foot in bounds but couldn't hang on to the ball. So that was the issue in the first half. A few dropped interceptions and a lot of conversions for the other team. Rice was 5 of 10 on third downs, and then you factor in 2 of 2 on fourth downs, so in effect, they were 7 of 10. The three times they didn't convert, they punted on the first drive, and of course, the two missed field goals, but every other time, they were able to move the sticks, while the Bulls were just 2 for 5 on third downs. Run defense was stellar. Rice abandoned the run. 12 carries for negative 14 yards, but they threw for 278. Meanwhile, Byron Brown was 12 for 15 for 144, while the run game had less than 50 yards. If you're listening to the end of the first half, you could tell off the field, even though we just had that disappointing ending and the Bulls were behind, that Alex Golish had some confidence in his voice that they'd turn it around.
2: Yeah, we got to go. When we get inside the 30 there, we got to create touchdowns. We just got to protect a little bit better. We got to strain a little bit more and we'll, we'll get those in the second half.
0: It's almost like you knew it was gonna happen. The Bulls had the ball to start the second half, and we just told you that a Rice scoring drive of about a minute 15 took 15 minutes. We present in real time the entire scoring drive to start the second half. Don't worry, we'll be back in a minute and 10 seconds.
1: Byron Brown throws it long, he's got Simmons into Rice territory, a beautiful throw by Byron Brown, second time today. He hits Simmons in stride way downfield, and the Bulls have it all the way to the Rice 24. That's a 51-yard play, first and 10 Bulls. Boy, what a throw by Brown. He's gonna throw again, forced out of the pocket, rolling to the left, gonna keep it now, 20, 15, 10, and down to the five. Boy, all of a sudden, the Bulls have a first and goal. It's taken them 30 seconds. On the five, first down and goal. Bulls ready to go again. Hand off up the middle. It's Naquan right, and he's to the one. Gain of four, second and goal from the one. Bulls race it back to the line of scrimmage. They're ready to go again. Here's Brown keeping, and he will jump into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. My goodness. Took him about 60 seconds.
0: You'll hear some of Alex post postgame conference how they decided to go vertical. They also decided to go 12 personnel. Byron Brown might have had something to do with that. So you had two receivers on the field, and they were taking advantages of the matchups. Then on the next drive... A third and five with Trammell Logan just missing a sack, but then another third and five where Day-Day is back with some good coverage, so the Bulls' defense starts to get off the field. Then, the crazy portion of the game that, in years past, the Bulls are probably losing the game when something like this. It all started very positively with an amazing one-handed catch, but then a two-play sequence where the momentum could not have shifted any more dramatically to the other team.
1: Brown to throw, looking, looking, long downfield. He's got Caffrey Brown, makes a one-handed catch into the open field to the 10, and out of bounds at the five-yard line. Chaffrey Brown with a one-handed catch. He almost got there, got all the way to the five. It'll be first and goal. Handoff right, right up the middle. Gets stopped originally. Now the ball is on the ground. Rice has it. And they'll take a knee in the end zone. Well, I'm sure they're going to look at this. Wright got stopped initially. Broke free. Got to about the Rolling 1. On the field is a fumble by the offense. Recovered in the end zone by the defense. And was over to play as a touchback. Daniels under pressure. Throws long. He's gotten a man. It's caught. It's Connors out of the backfield. And he is going to go 80 yards for a touchdown. Nobody behind him. Dean Connors. And just like that, it's a tie game.
0: few things there. First of all, you could tell that we were right next to the Rice coaching staff because on that fumble by Wright, you hear one of the coaches say, yeah. And the Rice coaches are not nearly as um, colorful with their language as the Western Kentucky coaches. <laughs> Side note, initial look, I thought that Wright's knee was down. It wasn't. It was a legitimate force fumble just at the wrong time. And by the way, after the next play, A few people were just very happy on Twitter to say, see, first-year head coach. And I'm like, really? Naquan Wright, extra effort, was inches away from making it 27-14, and it didn't go that way, and that's the coach's fault. What's going on with the offense? We let stuff play out. Like the stuff that played out, which was incredible stuff. Actually, even though the Bulls would hit Naeem Simmons for 43 yards, they had to punt. So this was, to me, the biggest play of the game because the Bulls were down. They had to punt, even though it was a great one, by Stokes down to the 5. But an easy 51 yards to McCaffrey on 3rd and 6. And here go the Rice Owls again. Maybe not to put the game away. They're only up 1. It wasn't going to be a 2-score game. But it shifted right here. It was 4th and 8. They were in no man's land. They were at the Bulls 38. Too long for a field goal. Too short for a punt. So they are going for it. These are the things they had been converting the whole time. The Bulls defense not only gets off the field, But Daniels gets hurt, and then Naeem the Dream, two plays later, and the Bulls are back on top. This was everything.
1: Daniels to throw. Pressure coming. He gets away. Still scrambling. Now the Bulls get him. D.J. Gordon, he bounces off. And finally, the Bulls wrap him up for the sack back at the 45-yard line. I think Trammell Logan finished him off. And the Bulls will get the football on down. Hell. Here's Brown hitting his man wide open. It's Naeem Simmons, and he will score. Touchdown, South Florida. Brown to Simmons again. And the Bulls retake the lead with 2.07 to go. It's 26-21. to 21.
0: Quite. An eventful swing, and the Bulls would get a stop to end the third quarter. Third and medium, Logan Berryhill stays with his receiver. It's one of those where the quarterback rolled out. He had the decision to leave his man and try and sack the quarterback. He stayed disciplined, and the Bulls, again, get off the field with D.J. Gordon, making the tackle through three quarters. Naeem Simmons had five catches for 205 yards. And Byron Brown was 16 of 22 for 328 yards. And again, Daniels was out of the game. He had gone for 409 through the air. So that was a pivotal end to the quarter. And the fourth would begin with more Naeem Simmons. Here are some of the fourth quarter highlights as the Bulls close it out. And the record for receiving yards in the game goes down.
1: Brown will throw. Good protection, throws it long, he wants Simmons, he's got it. Simmons is down to the 10-yard line. That's a new South Florida record. Most yards receiving in a single game, Naeem Simmons. That one goes for 52. Unofficially, he's got 261 today. Brown is thrown for 401. He's in the top five all-time in single-game passing yardage. And he's looking for more, he's got a man caught! Touchdown, South Florida! Sean Atkins, and the Bulls extend their lead in the fourth quarter. First and goal, and the Bulls on the run again. They hand it off, and bouncing outside for the touchdown is Naquan Wright. Put those green lights up. Bulls are running away with it, 40 to 21. And at this point, you can really see the rice defense Those guys have kind of just given up. And the Bulls going for two here. Wright is the running back. He gets the ball. He pitches it back to Atkins. He throws it to Brown. And the Bulls get their two-point conversion. Sean Atkins has become a passing fool this year. He completed another one. And Byram Brown on the reception on the two-point conversion. And the Bulls lead 42 to 21.
0: That was fun. 42-29 42-29 ends up being the final score, and that's why we're doing an hour because, well, we're almost 25 minutes into the program and we've just given you highlights alone from the football game. We've got some good stuff from Alex Golish, a little from Naeem Simmons. I labeled this sound bite from Alex Golish, Coach Golish all over the map, in a great way, summing up that win.
2: We had to get off the field on third downs in the first half. We didn't, um, and then we certainly did in the second half. I thought that was big. Um, you know, offensively we couldn't, couldn't punch it in in the first half. And, and, you know, we had four possessions, four actual possessions, which we knew the possessions were going to be at a premium. Um, And I didn't think we capitalized offensively. We took some field goals there in the first half, and and that was the challenge to us. Like, you knew you were going to be at, call it, nine possessions on the game. You had to force some turnovers and get off the field to be able to create any more, and we didn't do that in the first half. That's why it looked like what it looked like. And then in the second half, I thought we took advantage of our opportunities, changed it up a little bit offensively, kind of made a decision at halftime to attack it vertically some more. Uh, I thought Byram was settled in there and, uh, and we were able to do that. I think uh, the second half was a different ball game. The second half we were able to get off the field a little bit better on third down defensively, certainly a lot better I should say. Um, And then we were able to create explosives and chunk plays on offense, which was the difference in the game. I think Rice is a really good football team, as evidenced by the way they've played up until this point. I think the quarterback is a good player. It certainly probably helped in a lot of ways that he didn't play there um, towards the latter part of the game. Uh, I thought that helped us, but I thought that was a really well-coached football team. um, And I thought we battled and battled and battled. Um, On the flip of it, again, back to the negative, uh, the the penalty, like the nonsense with the penalties, with the the celebration penalty. We had a personal foul on the sideline. Like like my message to the team is if we're going to be here, right, like if we're going to do this, then act like you've done it before. Like just act like you've been there before, man. Like just – and you look in the locker room and we haven't. So now we are. So now we're going to act like we've been there. Like let the refs ref the game, give the re- the ball back to the official. Go celebrate with your teammates. Which, again, just act like you've been there. It's part of growth. It's part of us growing as a football program. It, today was another test to that. I thought our kids responded well. At the end of the day, what I told them was, and I pointed to Naeem, and I pointed to a couple other guys like like Naim Simmons, been back and forth, man. It just hadn't been hadn't been great. The first three games have not been great for him. He's done some good things, just at times, hasn't done some good things. And I told him on Sunday and I told him on Monday, like, just keep pouring into your process, man. Like, at whatever point you're ready and whatever point your process meets your opportunity and you're ready for it, you'll respond. He did. Same thing with Byram. Like, dude, like, it's been just here and there in the throw game, man. I get it. I understand. At whatever point your process meets the opportunity, it'll pay off, and it did. And that doesn't give him the right – to say, man, I, I'm good, I've arrived. No, like next week you gotta go, you gotta go earn it again. And you go across the board, across our entire team, and you say, All right, here's evidence that when my process was right, I was able to be successful. Now, if I wasn't today, right, like like defensively, we gave up a bunch of pass yards. We held the run game, gave a bunch of pass. Why wasn't it? Where was our process wrong? As coaches, as players where were we wrong, and then go fix it. And if your process is consistent, you'll know where you screwed it up, and you, know, you go right back to it. But at the end of the day, we're 1-0 in the league. We are right where we want to be, which is 1-0 in the league. And now we go, and we'll, we'll play a really good team next week. In Navy, we got to go on the road. It'll be a cool environment. It'll be a great environment. Um, we got to go play those guys on the road, and we'll get our process right, and we'll give ourselves a chance to win. But I'm really proud of our kids, really proud of our coaches, Again, grateful to the 29,000 that were here today, grateful to the students. we got to pack that place and uh, and make it a really cool college football environment, so that's a challenge.
0: Alex, uh, I know this is a long-term process for you, as you just indicated, but can you appreciate the significance of this win? You vanquished a lot of futility against FBS programs, first win against an FBS program in almost two years. You know, you fostered hope among the fan base today with this kind of victory. Can you appreciate the significance of that? Man, you said
2: a lot there. Um, this, I'm going to sound really like a broken record here. I, I appreciate being 1-0 in this one. Just like I, I told our kids, like it doesn't mean anything more or less than that. It just means our process was, was right enough to go win the football game. I, I don't know the other significance of it. I wasn't here. I don't really care. Um, I, I care about our process being right last week to be able to go one to zero, and that's it. And then tomorrow, nobody cares again. We got to go one to zero again, and um, and but we are going to enjoy it tonight, like we are. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to celebrate because we're one to zero, regardless of what happened in the past. It's it's the next building block for us as a program. Not to <laughs> minimize it either. I'm not minimizing any of it. I, I but I think when you start like compartmentalizing that like hey it's the first one in this and it's like like man no we just we're one no and we beat a team. That's a a really good football team I think. We'll see at the end of the year what they turn out like but uh it's the next step in our growth.
0: You could tell a lot was on his mind there and he is just tremendous to hear from and talk to and we'll be talking to him tomorrow for the new Bullseye show. We'll give you a heads up when we know who the student athlete is going to be from the Bulls. We do know that our non football interview was with Billy Mole this week. More on Ryan Kirkring in just a little bit. And timing alert we had already taped it before Naeem Simmons' performance, but Andre Davis, who is the all time school's receiving leader in all the career categories, is the guest on this week's bullseye which hits thursday and while i'm thinking of it bulls speed ahead with michael kelly we're taping that today for a 7 a.m first airing on tuesday morning oh speaking of naeem simmons unlike the secondary for rice joey johnston was able to catch up to him after the game
2: um i didn't even really know how many yards i had until uh until like to the end so my teammates came up congratulate me but i mean the most importantly we came out with a win starting uh one to know in the conference was really what the team uh, we really focus on that during the week, so the stats and all like that's a uh, that's great, great accolades. But we really want to come out of here with a, with a with a win. You played at Wagner last year in the FCS. You wanted to establish yourself on the FBS. How what does it mean to you to have a game like this? Certainly, you establish yourself tonight. Yeah, um, it means a lot. You know, I, I uh, got interviewed earlier this year, and I really I told the interviewers that I was doing it for me. I wanted to prove it for myself. So me coming out here. Uh, And doing what I did really assured me
1: in my head and in my eyes of what I can do at this level.